Jenkins and welcome to the latest Kings of Anglia podcast. It's Wednesday as it always is. I'm your host Mark Heath as I always am and my right hand man as he always is is Hutch Hogan. Andy Warren, how are you my friend? Nothing ever changes does it? It's always Wednesday, you're Mark Heath, I'm always Andy, I'm always sat in my spare room, you're yeah. mostly sat in your conservatory, sometimes in the games room or, or whatever you call it. Um, always the same here isn't it? Well, apart from the, uh, well, I suppose it, the, the constant also is the, the seriously entertaining chat and insight into it. Yeah. Um, to get obviously, the topics change every pod, so some things do change. Marginally, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> welcome aboard, friends and listeners, members of the KOA Army. Um, Hutchie, before we get into the football and we do our little news roundup ahead of the mailbag section, um, last time we spoke, you were still waiting for your new door. Have you? Are you still without new door? Oh yeah, still, still waiting. Um, but it's coming tomorrow. Tomorrow is the big mm. day for the door. Um, tentative steps being taken tonight when the the guy is going to come and disconnect the porch light. Right. Uh, then the door's going to be fitted, and then the new light's going to be put back on. It's, it's business time now. The, the the new door is on the way. If it's anything like when we had our door fitted, it was incredibly quick. Literally like a matter of, I think it took about half an hour. For him to really? In. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Ooh. I'm anticipating a bit longer for hours because I've got a feeling they're going to find the door frame to be in horrific <laughs> state when they, when they remove the door. Infested with termites. Um, yeah, well... It's not impossible. That is my great... Everything we've tried... We've pretty much renovated this whole house now since we've had it, but everything we've done anywhere has uncovered a wide range of bodge jobs done by the previous previous owners. Yeah. So um, fully expecting the door frame not to be made of wood or, in fact, to be made of, like, I don't know, clay or something ridiculous like that. The, you know, you know how you have on top of doors, you have like a little. We've got like a little glass panel on top mm. of the at the top of the door that like nice doors have like the house number etched in, mm. um, in the glass. We thought we had that, but uh, the other day we discovered that in fact it was just a piece of glass with some um, with the house number cut out in cardboard and just stuck, <laughs> just stuck on the stuck on it so that it looked through and looked really nice. Which they've oh, made it look nice, to be fair, but it's uh, another classic bodge job. What is what's the worst bodge job you've found at your house since buying it? Because we are in the same boat, my friend. Uh, the guy we bought our house from was also a fan of bodge jobs. So let's compare bodge jobs. What's the worst that you've encountered? The worst one by quite some distance is the fact that rather than getting the windows the locks on the windows fixed they were just painted shut <laughs> with so we until until la- two weeks ago we weren't able to open any windows at the front of our house amazing so which hasn't been good there's just but there's just bodge jobs everywhere like um oh, i don't even know where to start the fence was a bodge it- job that's been done the shed uh, is falling to pieces but had been patched up which we've had to patch up the patchings um, the the old laminate floor that was in the sort of lounge which runs through to a dining area was just horrific um, but yeah now now it's just absolute class because we've we've done it you've done it up you've done it up yeah um, the guy we bought this house, his number one DIY product was gaffer tape. <laughs> and so the first time it rained after we bought the house heavily, um, in said conservatory where I currently sit, it's like a, it's like a sloped roof as most conservatories are, but it's got blinds on the, on the, on the ceiling. So you can't actually see the roof, um, bespoke blinds. Anyway, the first time it rained, absolutely pissed it down and water just started pissing through the roof. So we pulled back the blinds where the um, the skylight bit is. There's like a window in the roof to realise that the window is actually 
open essentially it's broken rather than getting it fixed he just covered it with gaffer tape <laughs> and yeah. so obviously oh. there's only so long that will last um yeah so yeah he was also a big fan of doing that with the electrics as well which was slightly more dangerous and concerning that quite a lot of our plug sockets seem to be held together with gaffer tape before we had them all done goodness me yeah dangerous um other than, other, than, around. other than dodgy diy my friend what else have you been up to you had a you had a long weekend have you been out and about enjoying the easing of lockdown yeah just uh just out on my late i uh we've got we've obviously got got bikes one of them uh my wife's bike has got a seat a seat on the back for our daughter so i'm out quite a lot on my uh lady's bike with a nice wicker basket <laughs> nice and uh and a and a bell um yeah. and a child seat on the back we just yeah that that's kind of what we've been doing really lots of cycling uh, yeah, going to parks in, in, in the wicker basket a little picnic in the, in the, in the front there. yeah yeah Uh, yeah that that and a soft toy of choice um of my choice (laughs) um the big the big drama over the last few days which has been thankfully resolved this morning was um uh an issue with disney plus and samsung so sam sam we've got samsung tv and they have updated their software which means disney plus is no longer compatible Mm. um which went on for four days and with a two-year-old girl in the house that is to, to deny her disney for four days is um is a drama but thankfully woke up this morning and they'd they'd fixed it so the world is right again and i can watch frozen tonight with her um, frozen back on rotation now. yeah frozen's back on big news like another month and frozen 2 will be on there though so we can um we can branch out and, and go double frozen sick have you seen have you seen frozen yet uh no well, i feel like i have because everyone i know who has kids always talks about it uh it's like it's like crack for children isn't it obviously don't give your children crack but um that is essentially what it is isn't it songs i bet you can sing the song word for word can't you uh yes most of them if all of them um i yeah i'm not going to now no um, good. uh you should give it a what in fairness is it's it's not bad. It's not a bad. It's a good film. But uh, I think it's okay. It's no Moana though. Moana is the best. With the rock. Um, yeah, yeah. He plays like a South South Pacific Isle um, demigod. Um, that now that is a banger of a Disney film. Um, but yeah, Frozen. Frozen's all right. I, I stand for Frozen. It's all right. I've got a little nephew just about to turn one, so I'm sure at some point these kind of things will be will be watched. I'll definitely push for Moana though before Frozen, I reckon. Yeah, you'll be making the right decision there, I think. Do you know what the highlight of my week has been, Hutchie? Tell me. I will. In this very conservatory, I saved the life of a bumblebee, and it was dramatic. This bumblebee <laughs> was on its last buzz. It could barely, it could barely, well, it couldn't fly. It was trying gamefully to fly. It blundered in here like a, a foolish bee uh, and obviously then overheated and lost the will to live. Um, so I, I gave it, I mean, obviously, first of all, the code, you know, the code, bumblebees, bees generally, friends, wasps, wankers. Bee, we literally need bees to live. Wasps don't bring anything to the world, so not fussed if they die. But this bee, I put some sugar on a spoon, put a little bit of water on it, as you're meant to do. And this bee went to town on it, my friend. I've, yeah. First time in my life I've ever seen a bee's tongue. Really? Is it long? How yeah. long are you talking? So it's got like a, it's got like a proboscis that comes out of its face, and then at the end of it, this kind of tongue-coloured thing pokes out and 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 literally drinks up the the stuff. It was tremendous. It was really good, really good uh, to see. And literally within a minute of drinking the sugary nectar, he was flying again. And uh, I shifted him out the window. And it, it was an amazing moment, my friend. I, obviously, I don't have kids, but I can imagine now I know what you feel like when you, when you drop Jessica off at nursery every day. I was so proud. <laughs> Has he been back? I don't think so, no. I hope he's not going to bring his, his sort of family back with him, looking for some more of the, the sugar goodness. <laughs> <laughs> now, that, now that is crack for bees. Yeah, no, exactly. Crack, 
Crack for children. I'd highly recommend it, people. If you find a bee in trouble, get the old, literally just a little little pinch of sugar on a teaspoon and put some water on it to help dissolve it. Check out bees' tongs. That's your homework for this week. Incredible stuff. Anyway, uh-huh. I suppose you better talk about football. Um, shall we start with the ongoing drama of the EFL League One season? Every, every other league knows what they're doing. Premier League's coming back. Championship's coming back. League Two's going to end. League One, still in limbo. I suppose we better just update the latest, such as it is. So, essentially, we're thinking it's all going to come down to next Monday. That's June the 8th. Um, but, obviously, there was there was a, a chance for teams to put in their own proposals this week. Tranmere, chief among them. And it sounds like they've had a few more other than Tranmere as well, Gachi. It sounds like that, doesn't it? Um, yeah, the deadline for that was 2pm on Tuesday. So, um, yeah. We'll, we'll wait and see what the EFL say about about those. Um, clearly, they're going to need some time to consider those. Um, and I guess it's probably not impossible that Monday the 8th of June is no longer the uh, the D-Day we we're kind of all hoping for. But it, it's, this is going on so long now. Um, it just, it, even if there suddenly was a massive desire among League One clubs to to continue the season as planned, which yeah. clearly we never really expected to happen. You're now getting into the stage where there's not time. There's not time to do it. Um, there's obviously there's been a bit bit of a bit of an issue in the championship yesterday with testing in a, a Preston player um, tested positive, having already taken part in a. A full contact training session Uh-oh. so they Uh-oh. so they tested negative to be eligible to to train in that session and then in a test result that came back after the session tested positive so now um not entirely clear what's going to happen with Preston but there's every chance now that they will be taking a a, a number of their players will have to isolate for for the mm-hmm. 14 days which would give them I think they're saying that that would only give them three or four days of full training together before the restart of the championship season. So that's just something we were probably all expecting to happen at some point, but just another another hurdle to get through and another thing that League One will look at and think, uh, I'm not sure that this, this is for us. So I, I really can't, I certainly can't see the season coming back and playing played out in um, in full. Um, surely it's going to be the, surely it's going to be the reduced, the reduced playoff plan, and then it's just up whether one of these proposals on modified points per game or something like that gets gets used to decide who takes part in those. Um, who knows? Who knows? I'd be interested to see what clubs have submitted what in terms of in terms of amendments to it, because Tranmere have been the only ones that have really put put their beliefs on it out publicly. Either way, though, town season's over. They're not going to be. They're not going to be involved in any of the various playoff extended scenarios, given that they'll still finish eleventh. Um, it was interesting to see Leo O'Neill putting out this week that that town are ready to get back to training as soon as they're given the green light. Um, but surely that's that's kind of more in hope than any expectation, unless it's their way of almost trying to put pressure on the FL to to make some kind of decision. What, what's your mm. that? I, I'm struggling to see what I, I'm not sure what kind of proposal from this point would extend it to his season, like you said. Mm. Um, even even Tranmere's one using the margin of error um, to decide who can in fact be relegated and who would make a playoff competition that only would extend down as far as Doncaster in in ninth. So. Um, can't really see how uh, it would have to be something really quite radical that would get Ipswich's season going again. Something along the lines of basically anyone that wants to play can play. <laughs> which, um, which I I'm struggling to see. It. I am struggling to see. It. You know, you never know. There might be there might be some kind of proposal in there um, that does inc- include Ipswich in in some way, but struggling. Struggling to see that at the moment. 
do you reckon right, whatever way it rolls out i can't i can't see I, I can imagine that ipswich will probably be the lowest ranked team in the league that still really wants to play mm. so yeah like, like i said i don't i don't really see what's going to what's going to come to extend to extend any resumption as far as ipswich do you reckon we'll have a discussion before the Premier League returns on June 17th? Yeah, yeah, I do. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. We need to put us out of our misery. Yeah. And something else which is which has really got people talking this week slash last week was uh, was Tommy Smith, fan favourite, formerly of this parish, um, left Sunderland without kicking a ball. Obviously signed there in in uh, February um, after returning from the MLS, and we did a we did a poll. As we tend to do with Tommy Smith, saying, asking fans who, who'd like to see him back at Portman Road, and the overwhelming majority was for yes, let's have Tommy back, please. Almost a thousand votes, eighty-one percent of people who voted saying let's have Tommy back, and, and quite a lot of support on social media as well. Um, what do you make of it all? Tommy Smith back at Town, actually. Obviously, at the moment there's there's Chambers, there's Wilson, and there's poor old Totes, who you have to imagine doesn't feature in long-term plans in terms of senior centre backs. We talked about it before he signed for Sunderland in that it was almost too good to be true, too easy. Um, Lambeau suggested that maybe you wanted too much money. Um, but what about now? What do, you, what do you think about it now? Um, I'd say probably, probably my thoughts on it maybe have changed a little bit from, from February when we were talking about this, of Tommy being a, being a free agent at the time. Um, at the time, it may be maybe didn't make an awful lot of sense um, in terms of, obviously, he had, he had not played a competitive game for four months or so, was signing as a free agent potentially in February and would we needed to get up to speed and wouldn't be able to make necessary impacts. So I, I don't know. Um, if he's the Tommy Smith... If he's the Tommy Smith that was playing for Ipswich prior to kind of the back problems really sort of starting to limit him, his last season where he was really able to make an impact was 2016-17 in mm. Ipswich. Um, he's obviously been away to Colorado. They play a lot less games in MLS, so he's you know that's benefited him, I think. Um, but he's he stayed fit for all of that time. Um, if the finance side of it was right, and I led to believe that was certainly an, an issue um prior prior to this um he was training with Ipswich and they they led to believe they did talk about it about potentially doing a deal but the finance just didn't work um at the time maybe that's different this summer maybe that's different maybe 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 he lowers what he he's asking for maybe Ipswich can come up a little bit on what they were talking about um who knows but um if he's fit, he's left-sided, especially if, if Wolfenden ends up departing. Um, he's a he's a good, solid option that's on the doorstep and could get could hit the ground running potentially. He's back living in Ipswich now. I actually saw him the other day um, out for a little walk um, and he's expecting his first child soon. So I'm sure there's a desire for he and his wife to to uh, certainly stay in the UK and um, maybe live maybe live in Suffolk where a lot of their family are because goodness when you when you have your first child it's great to have so much family around and it's uh, brilliant to, to bring your bring your child up with so much of their family around so from Tommy's point of view I could see why he'd want to do it and I think increasingly maybe it would make sense for Ipswich to do it although I, I do get what Paul Lambert has continually said about this in terms of being you can't you can't just go back just for just for sent sentimentality reasons um, it has to be right but I know you, if you want to you can look at it in a way where it, where it does look right but it, whatever happens it's going to take a while because I don't think clubs are in a in a in a place to be recruiting players right now given there's let alone this season we've got no idea what next season is going to look like either mm. that's i mean that is, I mean, is going to be really interesting really, really a you've got to know what happens with the season and then b you've got to be you've got next season starts, season starts. Even think yeah. about it. 
players. So, so mm. Mm. In, in terms of, in terms of, in terms of, you picked up some folks, haven't you, um, today, out in New Zealand? Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he's had a little bit of interest, I think, which is, isn't surprising. There'll be people kind of putting the feelers out um, and the door's not closed at Sunderland either. Um, although their financial situation is going to be interesting going forward from here. Um, I think he knows that he's going to have to be a little bit patient, just like so many others this summer in terms of finding a new job. Um, because, because like you just said, things are going to be, things are going to be a little slow until things become clearer. I should also mention that I, I think when I was listing the centre-backs there, I missed out Wolfenden. That wasn't a, that wasn't a Freudian slip. That, that wasn't because we don't expect him to be here next summer. That was just me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> obviously, he's, he's the key centre-back, as things stand. Um, in terms of from one end of the scale to the other, Hutchie, Tommy Smith, perhaps coming towards the end of his career, going down to the, the start of a promising career at town, my friend, Ross Crane, signed from Berrytown. Um, I spoke to Ben Chenery, his, his, his boss at Berrytown, last week, um, and it was a thoroughly uplifting conversation. He said so many nice things about Ross. Um, obviously, Ben also had Jack Lancaster there uh, before he broke into the into the first team at Town, and it sounded sounds like like Town may have a bit of a hashtag baller on their hands with Ross Crane. Ben saying that he, he compares um, very closely to, to Lancaster in terms of talent. Said that that Jack and Brett McGavin stood out when they were there at Berry, and Ross is exactly the same. He was a first team regular for. For Berry Town last season, a, a, you know, a good level of football as a as a teenager. Ben says he's the first thing you say about him is he's got the body of a man as a 17 year old. His dad's six foot five inches, so he's going to be a big lad. And he says out out left on the on the on the wing, he played on the left of a diamond. But he says for the pro level, put him out wide on the wing, and and he's going to be a real danger. He says he can really go through the gears, power past people, ride tackles. His delivery is good. Sounds very exciting indeed, Hutchie. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, he's only 17, so you would imagine primarily he would um, slot into the under 23s and plays football there. But we've seen with with Jack Lancaster that you can make that jump. Mm. Um, some strange things happen happen at football clubs in summers. Um, before before seasons start, um, and this summer is going to be stranger than most. So you never know. You never know. Um, the physical side of things is interesting because that's sometimes where you you, you talk about young players lacking that. Um, but a seventeen to be sort of in the body of an adult is kind of Connor Wickham esque, mm. isn't it? Mm. Um, uh, but. And he's been playing adult football, which is which is really important as well. Um, I'm inter- I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. Um, Ben's obviously spoken very highly of him, and um, we'll wait and see. Hopefully he uh, hopefully he can take to the pro environment and really thrive there. Um, there won't be any pressure on him, I'm, and I'm sure the first time that Paul Lambert gets asked about Ross Crane, uh, we'll be told that <laughs> that I've <laughs> got to remember how young he is and he's only 17 and you know it will take some time I'm sure but um, there's a reason they've taken a chance on him and given him a two-year professional contract um, so I'm just I'm just looking forward to seeing him play whenever that might be I think he should be starting, should be starting next season can we can we just clear this up now that he is where, where does he stand is he now above Jordan Roberts in your affections well, Jordan, um, Jordan, so, so, you know, he, he, he's now dead to me, Jay Robson. Okay. Obviously, about- my man is drying isn't it? Um, but, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to, I, I appreciate it's a real tender time in, in Drynan's development. I don't want to take my affections away from him. That'll be a huge blow to him mentally, uh, just as he's, he's starting to come good and, and dominate your air. So I don't want I don't want him to listen to this. As obviously he will, uh, and and I think oh, Heath, I'm not Heath number one anymore. That's Ross Crane. So I, I've still got to go towards Drynan as it stands. But just you watch <clears throat> Ross on the wing, my friend. Keep an eye out for him. And I've also got to come up with a nickname for him as well, haven't I? So that'll take a bit of time. 
<laughs> that's that's the key marker. I, I imagine I can just imagine in in training when they when they meet for the first time. Yeah, Aaron Aaron Drynan just um, giving giving Ross the look. Yeah, just the get just laying his marker down really early, and nobody yeah. else will understand what's going on. It'll be like uh, when Jordan and Pippin play Ku coach in the Olympics. Um, that's what <laughs> 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 so if you if you've not read that anyway, it is, it is exciting and uplifting to read uh, some very positive words from someone who knows about about young Ross Crane. Go back and check that out on our websites now. And finally, Hutchie, we have to have an and finally section every week. Um, <clears throat> last week, I think it was that Town were, were top of the all-time championship table, which was kind of good and bad. Uh, and this week, it seems to come out every Sunday, these table things. Town are above Norwich in the all-time Premier League table, calculated on points per game. They're 30th all-time out of 49, Norwich are 32nd. Top Manchester City, uh, Manchester United, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, always nice to be above Norwich in any table, isn't it? Yep, not bad, especially especially as Norwich have Norwich have played more seasons in the Premier League than Ipswich, haven't they? They each they each played the three at the very start of it and found found a member for that, and then since Norwich have had another five, six is it six seasons they've had since then, whereas yeah. Ipswich only had two. So, um, yeah, it's uh, not a bad not a bad. Um, not a bad table to be above Norwich in. Bottom all-time Huddersfield. A measly 0.7 points a game. Um, on oh, points, per, points per game, dominating everything. <laughs> it's all about PPG. Uh, right then, Hutchie, should we, should we dive headlong into some mailbag? Uh, yes, please. Mailbag, mailbag, it's time for Mark and Andy to dip into the mailbag. What on earth was that? That was some kind of whispered rap. It was meant to be um, haunting. Ah, okay. Yeah, it was meant to be. Yeah, it was meant to kind of haunt your soul. (laughs) I don't know if it did or not. I find it quite aggressive, actually. It came came through my speakers quite aggressively. Right then, first question. Our Viking friend, Sindre Lyson from from Norway, says, Hi, Marky. It's time for Andy to make a stand on which Scandinavian country he actually prefers. My Danish friend and myself need clarity on this. I believe he's talking about Keenor there. Um, no more sitting on the fence and being agreeable. Norway or Denmark, Hutchie Hutchison, to give him a Norwegian name. I expect this to be discussed on the next part and him to come to a conclusion. Also, I submit a question for you to answer on the pod. What's your least favourite part of your job? Do you envy the other guys going to games every week? So Hachi, can you make a can you make it clear out of Norway and Denmark which country you prefer? If I if I had to choose, I'd I'd go I'd go Denmark. Ooh. I know I've been to Denmark more often. Um, I know more Danish people. Um, I've got a good friend who's Danish, and uh, yeah, I'd go, I'd probably go probably go Denmark. There you go, Sindre. Not the answer you wanted to hear. Um, well, he shouldn't have forced the issue so much. If he had, exactly. it, it's, you you know, if you if you really demand an answer, you got to put up with it. So there you go. Don't ask questions; you're scared to hear the answer to. Um, in terms of his question to me, what's my least favourite part of my job? Um, that would be, without doubt, the various politics slash paper shuffling that goes on. Um, yeah, not a good part. Do I envy the other guys going to games every week? Um, Yes and no. I, I think there's probably a bit of a common misconception that when you go to games, you're kind of sitting there having a bit of a jolly watching the game and, and all that kind of stuff. But going to a game, as you go to a game, Hutchie, is is gruelling. I mean, I, I remember first time I went, I think it was the start of the Paul Hurst era to watch you and um, Stewie at work. It, it, was, it was a bit of an eye-opener in that you literally have your heads down the whole time. You don't actually get to see much of the game. Um because you're constantly tweeting, you're writing, you're making notes, you're making sure you haven't missed anything. It's it's not like you just go and sit and sit and watch a game like a fan would, is it? No, it's no, it's very different. Um, and I love my job. I enjoy my job. Um, I'm really looking forward to the day where where, where Stu and I can hopefully go and do that again mm. together. I hope we're able to one day. 
Um, but then there are also times when I'm quite envious of of people who who are, are at the games and re- and like really really enjoying themselves. Um, mm. there's, there's that part of me as well. But no, I love I love my job. I really enjoy those. Those are my highlights of the week. I I, I thoroughly enjoy the experience of of covering games like that. But yeah, I'm just um, thoroughly looking forward to hopefully doing it again one day. Fingers crossed, not too um, Patrick Palmer wants to know, you're down to your last Rolo. Which king gets your last Rolo and why? Keep on keeping on. There's only one answer to this, isn't it? That, I mean, if, if the four of us were together and there's one Rolo left, it's going to go to Ross. Because Ross essentially operates on sugar anyway. So to prevent him kind of breaking down, I'd want to, I'd want to give him the last Rolo. What about you? I'd probably just eat it myself. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Honestly, it's the best policy. They, um, at one point, sorry, at one point, I think they they um produced silver Rolos that yes. you could give yes. to your partner on yeah. like for a Valentine's present. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Absolute nonsense. If you're spending money on that, you're you're an idiot. Sorry. If you're giving. If you're giving your missus or, or boyfriend or whatever a Rolo, sort sort it out. Step step your game up big time, and I hope you get dumped if that's the case. Um, Ross Evans, morning, gents. With all these memories and moments from various games and events coming thick and fast on my Twitter feed, I was thinking about all those nearly moments. And my question to you is, if you could change one moment in sport so that it had a different outcome, what would it be? Obviously, all the England penalty misses over the years, but for me, the slide that Gaza put in try and reach that cross from Shearer against Germany at Euro 96. If only that had gone in, please keep up the great work and stay safe. Thank you, Ross. Um, thanks for listening. Yeah, I mean, that, that obviously, in terms of football-wise, that is as close as we've come, isn't it? Do you remember that, Hutchie? Mm. If Gazza oh, yeah. two inches taller, that would have been in the net and we would have been in Euro 96 final at home. Um, and you'd have to back us to go on and win the trophy from there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else spring to mind? Things you'd change? That was the one I was going to say, um, <clears throat> remarkably. Um, I actually celebrated, like, before, it, as that went across and you saw Gaza sliding in, I just assumed that was going to go in because it, it looked for all the world like he would make contact with it, didn't it? It was, it was agonising. Yeah. yeah, and like, it's one of those where you, you kind of, every time you see it back, you expect to actually look at it and think, actually, no, he wasn't even that close to it. But he really was. Mm. That That margin was... Was yeah. really was really that tight, um, yeah. That would have been good. What about you? Have you got any? I can't think of anything that I'd, I'd change. That's obvious. I mean, those are the obvious ones. All those those near misses for England. Um, yeah. Is there anything town wise you'd, you'd go back and change? Obviously, the uh, beating the old rivals in the playoffs would have been nice, but. Any kind of single mm-hmm. moments in, in, in town? Um, maybe maybe go back to the when Ipswich were relegated in 2001, 2002. There was a game they played, I think it was on New Year's Day, actually. It, they were on a really good run of results. And within five or six minutes, they were 2-0 up away at Charlton. But ultimately lost that game 3-2. Um mm-hmm. If they could have not messed that up, they might have stayed up. Um, but then there were obviously some playoff games with with West Ham as well. That some some second some moments in the the second legs of those games where it just did their job in the first legs of both of those ties. But where it got lost was in the in the second leg. If they'd managed to get promoted um, from one of those, I think the course of it switched hands history might have been very different to where, where it is now. Mm. Good question. Um, Nigel G, friend of the show in NHS Heroes. Um, he says he really enjoyed the playoff pod. Great work, chaps. That was last week. We did a little 2000 special. Go back and listen to that if you haven't. He says the town defence was immense then with Mowbray, McGreal and Venus all strong, physical and competent. Should town be looking to get into that ilk into the con squad? And if so, who's out there? Stay, stay safe. So yeah, I mean, we looked at that score, didn't we, last week, actually? And good lord, that was a fine team. Comparing that to, to today's um, offering, 
Is there anyone defenders-wise out there? I mean, obviously, it's not even the season's not even technically over yet before we start talking about transfers and stuff. But have you seen anyone out there this season you've thought they'd, they'd fit in well in the, in the town side, defenders-wise? Um, well, if you're talking about Mowbray, Venus, McGreal, um, sa- sadly, Ipswich are so far away from being able to, to sign players of that sort of mm. ability. It's very sad. But um, the, big, the one centre-back that's really stuck out for me in um in league one this season is um and i'm not sure he would necessarily fit in too well at ipswich or or be that popular but he was immense in both the games really particularly at Porton road is the big uh, the big scottish lad suitor harry suitor who plays for fleetwood um he's massive uh ipswich played into his hands to be fair um just he just won but he won everything Absolutely everything. He's on loan at Fleetwood from Stoke, so um, I don't know if he's anywhere near getting involved at Stoke um, or not. But maybe, maybe one for a loan next season potentially. He, but he was, um, yeah, pretty formidable in those in those games. We shall see. Andy Andy Mook wants to know. Says I'm looking forward to the pod. My question is: Crunchy or Mars bar? Um, Mars Bar, both are good. Probably more likely to go Mars Bar more often. Well, uh, reasons why? Reasons why? Don't always fancy a crunchy, but when I want one, I really want one, and I might go and get one today. <clears throat> yeah. You allowed uh, to go out just to buy a crunchy now? Everything's so blurred. I, I don't know. I, I, I think you probably are, aren't you? I think so. If I want I a crunchy, can I just wander up to the co-op at the top of the road and get a crunchy? I think you can. It's all about getting the economy going again, isn't it? So that's what, and that, that is exactly what I'd be doing. Just getting the economy moving one crunchy at a time. <laughs> Supporting Cadbury's, <laughs> a great British company. Um, <laughs> Paul M, again, still not convinced it's a real macker, but he says, uh, hi, guys, hope you're both well. Just wanted to throw out the notion that all horror films are terrible and see what you think. Love to your wives, kiss Macca. He's always saying love to the wives, isn't he? He's a bit of a romancer, mm-hmm. Macca. So all horror films are terrible, Hutchie. Where are you standing on that? Um, if we're chucking generalisations around, I'll probably agree with him. There are some obvious exceptions, but... Uh, horror, horror wouldn't be my first port of call in terms of film not because i'm scared mind just um you really have to be in the mood for a horror like why on earth would you ever decide you know what i really want to be scared (laughs) what do you reckon i need to know where you're at on the crunchy mars bar debate as well um i'm definitely crunchy mars bars for me are, are way overrated way too sweet it's uh they're just too sickly. They're fine as little they're mini ones they, they produce. Potentially peak chocolate, but would take it full size. Too much for me. How, Crunchy for how low is that aeroplane going over your house, by the way? Uh, that's a helicopter, actually, mate. Um, what was it? Yeah. I, we have, because we live relatively near Watersham. So I'd imagine it's one of the, uh, the Watersham helicopters. We get that all the time. Um Horror films. What would I say? I, I I'm not really a fan of horror films. I'm I'm pretty much uh, a massive wuss when it comes to horror films. I spend the whole time um, white knuckling my sofa or, or the armchair of the wherever you're sitting in the cinema. Um, my my wife finds it hilarious. Um, she took me mm. to watch a Woman in what's it called? Woman in uh, Black. Is it? Is that, the is that with, with Daniel Radcliffe? Yeah, which is horrible. And I hated every second of it. Um, but she took me to watch that just basically so she could see me shit myself <laughs> nonstop for about an hour and a half. What I hate about horror films is you know something bad is going to happen. And so you're constantly tensed, waiting for it to happen. And most of the time it doesn't happen. So you're just feeling like you're constantly kind of pause for that jump and then it doesn't happen. Um, and I just don't, I don't particularly like that, that sensation. Um, there was a, a series on Netflix not too long ago called uh, House on Haunted Hill or something like that. And that was that was horrendous. Um, 
I don't know if you saw that, Hutchie. That was uh, no. It was yeah. It was an experience watching that. Um, so generally speaking, I, I don't think they're terrible though, because obviously they, they evoke a good horror film evokes quite a lot of emotion, and and you get that kind of same adrenaline rush, don't you, as, as doing something relatively uh, risky. Um, and certainly, mm-hmm. Woman in Black and, and that series I just mentioned were good horror films. The Shining is a good horror film. Um, the Ring is a good horror film. Uh, so yeah, I don't think you can say they're all terrible. It depends if you like that feeling or not. A lot of people love it, don't they? Um, mm. Not for me. George I think Lee, the good, the good what ones. Is kind of, sorry, the good what the good horror films no, kind of right? the the good ones kind of leave their genre behind and are just good films. Yeah, but the ones that are just trying to be scary for scary's sake. Um, yeah, they're the rubbish ones. Apologies. Yeah. Carry on. Um, Jaws. I guess you could say that was a horror film, couldn't you? I mean, there was there's a lot of jumpy moments in that, um, and that's a that's a great film. Um, George Lee, what is the ratio of the likelihood that Jackson is leaving? At the moment, it seems 60-40 to him staying. So, actually, this is a story you broke uh, last week, or maybe the week before. I think uh, it was the week before. Before now, yeah. The weeks just kind of merge into one, don't they? Um, Caden Jackson not signing a new contract, interested in him from the championship, what do you reckon at the moment? I don't I think he'll be going anywhere, no. You think no. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, there's, uh, I think Coventry are interested as well. Um, but no, I, he's still got two years on his deal if you take into account the option in the contract. It's not like he's pushing, as the story said, it's not like he's pushing for a move. He's not, handed in a transfer request it's just that some contract talks ultimately came to nothing um and won't do for a little while i wouldn't have thought um but yeah i i don't i think he'll still be the next time it's switch town play i imagine he'll be there okay our, our danish friend Keenor Sorensen um says if you had to pick a danish name for you what would you think it would be and he adds, I'm enjoying this podcast a lot. Thank you. Thank you, Keenor, for, for getting on board. It's lovely to have international members among the KOA army. Danish names. I'm not, I can't say as I'm, I'm an expert on what Danish names are. Um, actually, what, <laughs> have you got a good Danish name you'd, you'd fancy? Um, you've got some classics in there, haven't you? Like Hans, Mikkel, um, Johannes, Steiner. Yeah. Is it, Steiner is a, an Maybe a nice Danish name. Um, I'd probably, I'd probably chuck in. Then you've also got like Brian Loudrup, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, <laughs> Michael Michael Loudrup. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would go. Going back to Frozen, actually, my my daughter calls me Hans because. Prince Hans is the the male character in Frozen. Ah, so I get called that sometimes. So I would, I'll, I'll stick with that. I'll go Hans. She thinks you're a prince. That's lovely. Yeah. Um, I'm going on this topic. I'm going Vikings. Um, the Vikings had some amazing names. Um, I'm trying to think of some now. Harold Finehair. Um, I think there was a Harold Bluetooth, which is actually where. The Bluetooth symbol comes from, isn't it? Um, there was a, fa- a Viking famous for his ability to unite warring tribes, and they took the runes of his name, the little symbols, and combined them to make the Bluetooth symbol. That's a true story. Um, and there's also one. Fascinating. Huh? Fascinating. Yeah, see, edutainment, my friend. Um, there was also one called Bloodaxe. I can't remember what his first name was, but Bloodaxe was his surname, which is, again, a pretty cool name. But I think I'd go Ragnar, the, the, the famous kind of mythical Viking, almost the kind of um, the leader of the Viking world. Uh, and there's a lot of debate as to whether he actually existed or not. But Ragnar Lothbrok, who is okay. immortalised in film in the Viking series, um, yeah, Ragnar, pretty cool. The character's very cool as well. Whether or not he actually existed is, is a different thing, along with Lagatha. But, um, yeah, I'll take Ragnar. Um, Leon Denny, loving the podcast outro theme. Big up, Chris Warren. 
in an ideal but sensible world, how much do you think the playing budget needs to be to make town competitive again for League One and then the Championship? Would the ten million that Evans gave his first manager still be enough? Well, the, the budget that they have at the moment is very much competitive for League One. It's a top end League One, League One budget. Mm. Uh, it's competitive certainly, um, so no issues there. I wouldn't say uh, competitive in the Championship. What kind of world are we in? A, a sensible, but what, what was the wording of the question? Uh, where are we? I skipped ahead there. That's my that's my fault. Um, an ideal but sensible world. What a world that is. Um, <laughs> ideal yet sensible. Yeah, cl- clearly promoted. You see what happens largely with with teams that go up from League One, um, which is a long way away for Ipswich at the moment. But teams like Rotherham, um, Barnsley. For example, they become yo-yo sides on a, a largely. Um, so there's clearly going to need to be a budget increase with the right manager um, making some good decisions. <sighs> Who knows? But you just you just look at Sheffield United. They've they've not got a crate. They didn't have a crazy budget when they came through um, League One back to the Championship. But so if you, if you've got an identity and you've got things right you can kind of circumvent and get around budgetary issues. But yeah, if, if Evans backed the right manager at Ipswich to the tune of Roy Keane, mm. you would you would hope that a competitive Ipswich team would emerge. You can't put a number on it, I don't think. But, but yeah, more important than budget is the identity and the playing style and the cohesion and the plan side of it. Yeah, that, yeah. To me, that's more important. SPL tractor. Andy said last week, rightly in my opinion, that we need to trim the squad. But will we be able to offload players in the possibly extended break given the EFL finances? Are we going to have to pretty much go with those who are already contracted? I mean, that's the big question, isn't it? Ahead of, obviously, the big question at the moment is what happens with, with the current season. But then the next question is when does the next season start and, and, and how are teams going to be able to do business and how much time will they have to do business in the summer? Um, yeah. So, what do you reckon, Hutchie? Will Town be able to offload players? That's a really interesting question. Um, if you look at the ones they maybe want to offload, Toto and Ciala being one potentially, it's hard to see what the market would be for him. He's obviously on loan at Bolton at the moment, who are about to be relegated to League Two. Um, which paid the best part of a million pounds for him two years ago. I think to get rid of Toto, you're going to have to just swallow the fact that you're not going to get probably any of that money back. Um, you might possibly be able to to offload him, but you're certainly not going to be raising transfer funds from those that Ipswich are offloading, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um because uh, there's so many players out of contract as well, which which there are every summer, to be fair. But it's gonna, you would imagine teams will be running with smaller squads, and sadly there might even be fewer teams. Um, it's gonna be difficult. You're gonna you're gonna have to swallow some financial hits, I think, to to move certain certain players on. But yeah, they have to. The squad has to be smaller because I think that contributed to a lot. Mm. Um, a couple more questions about kind of summer and, and, and stuff like that. So I'll, I'll ask them both together and you can you can tackle them. So George wants to know, with lots of free agents about about in the transfer window, is there anyone in particular you'd like Town to sign? And Kev asks uh, the Downs and Wolfenden question again. How likely is it they'll be sold? Um, and then the chance of that money going back into the squad. So I'm going to take those two together, Hutchie. Free agents and Downs and Wolfenden moving on. I've got to be honest. I haven't. I haven't even started looking at all the free agents who are. We we kind of haven't haven't reached that point of things yet. Where I haven't really started to look through the the long lists of of players that are going to be out of contract. There will be some on there, I'm sure. But my, my gut feeling is that largely Ipswich are going to be going with with what they've got. Mm. Um, I'm not sure there's going to be loads of incomings. Um, so 
maybe we could defer that that part of the question for another week but yeah. that needs some some thorough examination um downs and wolfenden's interesting um common sense says that if Ipswich were to sell this summer they wouldn't get the same price that they were they would have got um which that's then going to come down to Marcus Evans um does he does he feel like he needs to to sell those players anyway because that's the Ipswich's best chance of recouping some of the millions and millions of pounds that will be lost over the next but have been lost already and will be continue to be lost over the summer and into the start of next season more than likely or does he view them as assets that will be worth more a further year down the line which they probably will be I guess it comes down to whether Marcus feels like they can wait that year um, year to keep them I'm sure Paul Lambert would like to keep them both they were regulars both of them regulars for, for Lambert. Um, even when there wasn't really such a thing as a regular, they were. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't get the impression either of them are going to be suddenly bursting in and, and knocking on his door, asking for transfers or things like that. However, if League One suddenly gets... Uh, who knows what if, if, if we're talking about a scenario where League One doesn't even start until crowds are allowed back at football, which isn't impossible um they're going to want to play football so maybe that will hasten them wanting to get a move to go to a league where they're actually able to play and train i don't know there's just too many un- there's just too many unknowns with this um but i think a lot of it will come down to how evans stance on the finance side of it lots of lots of unanswered questions isn't there going into this well, yeah this is it this no. is, I'm, I'm, yeah there's so many so many, and sadly, I'm uh, not doing a particularly good job of answering them because I just nobody knows. Nobody knows the answers to these questions. Yeah, you can't look into the future. Uh, final question: Ross Wishart, will the imminent return of Premiership and Championship football potentially sway the undecided clubs to opt for resumption of League One? No. Mm, I can't say. As you say, the time frame is is just. It's just going to be too short, isn't it? So they're not even back in training. Let's say, for argument's sake, they vote next week to, to resume League One and play it out as it would have been, like the like Premier League and Championship's going to be. Then that would mean that teams can go back to training next week. You're looking at at least probably three weeks before players are ready to play or even close to being ready to play. So then you're already looking at the start of July before you can do anything. And then the season has to finish by the end of July. So... I just, I just don't see that being a, a workable time frame. And obviously, you've got to get the playoffs in as well. So, I just think, I just can't see it happening, Hutchie. As you say, the, the time frame, as, as much as anything now, is just is not realistic. Anyway, that yeah. means... Yeah. Sorry, mate, carry on. But, yeah, even if, even beyond time frames, the Premier League restarting doesn't change the financial landscape that so many clubs are thinking about in League One. It, yeah. I don't think I don't think the Premier League or the Championship are, is going to change is going to change anything. If I'm honest. Okay, that brings us to the end of mailbag. Um, I also want to give a push because we had a couple of messages um, on the mailbag feed about the podcast which we put out yesterday, which is a little special um, with Kieran Dyer basically having a chat to Alan Lee. Um, a bit of an epic actually. It took a while for you to edit it. Um, but Rob Hughes, one of the KOA Army, has, uh, has messaged us to say, I'd go so far as to say, what's well, one of the best football podcasts I've listened to? Two guys who clearly think very deeply about the game, and it's a real shame they're not involved at ITFC. Interesting compared with youngster development in athletics, where I have more experience. I mean, obviously, you say Alan Lee's not involved at town, but he was quite important in getting Ross Crane, the new saviour to town. Obviously, he's on the board at, at Berry Town now. Um, so yeah, go back and listen to that if you haven't already. Listen to Rob as a uh, as a glowing recommendation. You you obviously listened to that Hutchie as you were editing it. Was it something you enjoyed? Yeah, it was really good. Um, they cover an awful lot of ground. It's it's two hours long, so maybe one to listen to in a few patches. Mm. Um, but it's really good. Yeah, it is good. And and I think like Rob said, there is two people that 
um, that do think quite deeply about it. They clearly get on well. Um, they've got they've got opinions. They have thoughts, and they they're doing they're doing good things uh, after their playing careers. But they've you know it talks a lot about Alan's playing career, his journey to it, which is time there, and then his time coaching as well. It's very interesting, and there's um, there's a lot in there. So uh, yeah, give it give it a listen. Get involved. I should also point out that Joe Fares, friend of the show, um, La Decima from the live show. Uh, also, he asked about Tommy Smith. Obviously, we covered that already, but thanks for getting involved, Joe, friend of the show. Hope you're doing well. Um, Hutchie, anything else to mention before we go back to our dreary day-to-day lives? No, no other business. Okay. Well, again, obviously, I have to go through the usual spiel. Please hit subscribe on your various podcast providers if you enjoyed this. Um, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and follow us across all the social medias on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Kings of Anglia. We're across all of those. Um, and also, as I say, check out the uh, the Alan Lee, Kieran Dyer podcast and look out for the Ross Meets podcast that we're putting out as well. Um, what's what's on your agenda this week, Hutchie? My door. That is, that is very much... That is the agenda setting item this week. Get the door done. And then that then then the show moves on to getting a decent door mat. So it's all it's all going here. It's all popping off. <laughs> Most exciting thing I'll be doing this week is going to a farmer's market to uh, to get some some freshly picked asparagus. Um that is something that excites me rather more than it should, um, generally speaking anyway. So I'm looking forward to that at the weekend. Uh, obviously, socially distanced. Um, where are you going to go that? It's a, a place called Wiccan Farmers Market, which is out near uh, Stanton, uh, or Walsham, more accurately, in West Suffolk. Uh, and they have a farmers market every Saturday morning. Um, and obviously, you're allowed outside markets and stuff now. Um, so I've ordered some asparagus for this weekend. Um, and they've got all sorts of other things there. So if you are in that vicinity, I'd suggest you go along. A lot of it is, is pre-orders only, but if you go on their Facebook page, you can see all the various wares that they offer, and it's some fine produce, my friend. So get yourself stuck in. Um, I used to go to an asparagus festival once a year when I lived in Worcestershire. This is outstanding, actually. I never knew we shared the same passion for asparagus. Yeah, I, I, asparagus is okay. I was, I was more in it for the festival. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there was the... I think it was in Eversham in Worcestershire. Yeah. But yeah, every year there's a lot of asparagus going on around there. But yeah, every year, sadly, I imagine it's probably been cancelled this year. Yeah. But it hosts like the the big dog of British asparagus festivals. I need to get. Um, there's all sorts going on, mate. It's, there's loads going on. Like chefs come down and cook stuff with different things with asparagus. There's um a mascot called Gus. Uh, yeah, loads of stuff. Check auctions. It's it's good. So if you're ever in Eversham Absolutely. in Worcestershire, go get yourself along. Asparagus is the number one vegetable out there for me. Obviously has uh, has um, side effects, but putting them aside, it's very good for you. It tastes great, and it's worth putting up with with smelly piss for a few hours with. Um, that's not how I'm going to end this podcast. We're going to head into the club. Courtesy of Chris Warren, he's on the decks and he's chucking out the banger of all bangers. Have a great week. Uh, we'll speak to you again next week. We may speak to you again early if there's a decision. We may have a special pod if we finally get this bloody decision on the, on the League One. But if not, we'll speak to you again next Wednesday. Have a great one. From true crime to football, Brexit to postal. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
classroom option, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash archive.